Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Nerd. Welcome to episode 287 of All Things. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, using 3D terrain, using virtual terrain, using maps, um, type that whether it's either a tabletop RPG, uh, whether it's a miniature game, you know, whatever miniature game you're playing, because John and I come from the old school of, hey, here's books under the tablecloth, uh, and here's styrofoam we found from the TV that we just took out of the box. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I grew up in Games Workshop HQ land, so not so much. Yeah, but I mean, you but know what I'm talking about. The idea, yeah, that was actually in fucking books back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and Nerd is actually going to be talking about, um, which I can help with it. John hasn't done any virtual D&D stuff or virtual RPG. That's not true. Well, not... Very little. Very, very little. Uh, but Nerd is, works on it more than I do. Uh, and we'll be talking, should be touching on that on like Roll20 or VTT or whatever you're using. Yep. Uh, whether it's going to be... But before we do that, we got to get to the business. We got to thank Midnight Heroes. For uh, supplying and doing all the cool chibi miniature stuff. Uh, make sure to check them out. They have a new Kickstarter coming up pretty soon. And it's going to be an all pirate themed one, I believe. Um, which is going to be cool. Um, and uh, on top of that, uh, they are hitting a bunch of the miniature circuit scene pretty soon. Um, so don't forget to check them out. Uh, don't forget to check out Muse on Minis. Um, they are back up and running and got all their stuff going again. So... Um, they're redoing a bunch of pricing, but make sure you check them out. And of course, thank them for hosting our podcast and getting it out to a bunch of people. Uh, we want to thank Parabellum War Games. Uh, if you haven't checked out uh, a good rank and flank uh, game like Conquest, uh, please do. My boys are going crazy in the background. Yeah, they are. They're wrestling. Um, they actually have a new a bunch of new bundles coming out. Um, if you wanted to get in the game, you can technically buy a 2000 point army now pre-built, you know, 2000 point, uh, and they're not bad. Uh, they're not like optimized, you know, Uber OP, but they're give you a good, uh, thing. And then you can buy like a smaller version of it, like a 1500 point, uh, bundles they got going on. Uh, and they're actually much cheaper to buy that than to buy it piece by piece, uh, which is really good. Um, I know a lot of people are looking into it. And that's like a quick and easy way to get it. You're like, oh, here's 1,500 points. Pick it up. Done. Uh, type stuff. Uh, we want to thank Turbo Dork. The awesome, awesome people making incredibly awesome paint. Not only uh, metallics, but turbo shifting uh, paints. They are actually doing, I think they have new colors coming out. And they're redoing all their bottles. I don't know if you saw this or not uh, on their Facebook page. They actually are working with the people that make vape juice and using vape juice bottles, dropper bottles. Hmm. Um, huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what was funny is... Uh, I, help them cut costs seems good because you're getting them in more bulk at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, they were working on it and they re-engineered it a little bit. I'm, they didn't tell you the whole details, but to using pretty much like vape juice bottles to bring, you know, to get the ink out. And it actually works really well. Hey, Shadow Sword. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So they're going to be redoing a bunch of that stuff. I'll probably talk to them. Of course, they'll be at Adepticon, and I'll uh, I'll sit with Greg and uh, everybody and kind of talk about stuff that's going on. 
Uh, we want to thank also CreatureCaster for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, if you haven't played Judgment yet, uh, go check out Judgment, and uh, you can play a cool miniature slash board game. Um, pretty fun, pretty easy, and with some really cool miniatures. Um, I know that they'll be at Adepticon pretty hardcore, especially CreatureCaster. Uh, they've got a good big painting competition coming along, um, the Resin Beast competition. Um, and plus... They've got, you know, pretty cool paint line. They're cuttlefish colors. And if mm-hmm. you like D&D and you want to uh, have models to go with your 5th edition game, uh, their My Mini Factory page, which is their tribes, um, you can get it's usually about 8 to 10 models and usually a large-scale model with regular-sized models and then a 5th edition module um, to go along with it, which I think is actually really cool. Uh, that's, you know, a pretty decent little thing. Um, did I get everybody? I think I did. I think I got everybody this time. I think you got everyone. I think you did. <laughs> um, if you weren't here for the uh, pre-ramble, uh, there are some changes coming to uh, the channel. Um, we are going to be building the website so we can do some information and building up. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit more social media presence. Uh, Nerd is going to be uh, providing a whole new TikTok account and going to be doing all these cool dances and, you know, sing-alongs for everybody. No, she's not. Yep. <laughs> totally. Um, she'll be doing some streaming stuff and working on things. I'm going to do a little bit more streaming. Uh, mostly it's because I'm going to be playing games and, you know, let y'all look at me and go, you're a fucking nerd. I'm like, yeah. Um... But we'll do some, we got some more stuff coming online, some new channel changes, uh, other stuff than that. But, you know, that's just kind of how it's going to go. You know us, always improvising, adapting, and overcoming. So, uh, we're going to be increasing our presence a bit, doing a little bit more things, uh, upgrading a few things also that we need to upgrade. Um, John, do you have any, do we have any shout outs this week? Nerd? Not that came across my desk, so to speak. Uh, I... There was that one actor whose name is eluding me <laughs> that I sent to the chat. Hold on. I'm scrolling back through our chat. Oh. Uh-oh, shit. I don't remember. Da, da, da. Yeah, don't. I don't remember either. You just... It was, it was a busy week. I had to mute you guys a couple times. Times I was at work. <laughs> yeah, busy. Oh, actually, had to mute uh, us alienation too. of Star Trek Enterprise. Oh crap! Actor, uh, Gary Graham. Gary Graham. Yeah. Yep. Hold on. You forgot the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. Robot jocks. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the lead character in that wonderful robot fighting movie. To be fair, he's one of the better parts of that movie. Um, I did also enjoy him. I didn't don't really remember him from Star Trek so much. I remember him a lot more from Alienation because I was a fan of the movie. Yes. And I watched the TV show while it was on. Yep, I remember that. That's what I remember him from more than anything. The hardest thing about that was, like, how are you trying to fill in James Conn's shoes? I mean, like, it's, fucking, it's not easy. So, but no, he. I think it was. he's part of the reason it was an enjoyable series. He and the other lead uh, who played uh, George Francisco were, were good together. I'm a little upset when that got canceled, but I mean, was the nineties. What do you expect? Oh yeah. So, 
Um, I guess we need to get to the really, really important stuff. Um, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I, I got some blood orange uh, iced tea, it says. I don't think it's actually iced tea, but it's, you know, Lipton Brisk uh, blood orange iced tea, which I have mixed with some vodka and some triple sec. Okay. Nerd? Let's see how that is. Uh, I am drinking pineapple horchata. That sounds odd, but interesting. That's how I would describe it. It is. It is quite tasty, though. Why is, is a horachata? Hey, <laughs> Mizzy. Next time you see him, will you smack him in the back of the head? I'll give stuff. Yes, for please, please, <laughs> please do. I don't know what a chata is, but I definitely know what a whore is. So. Uh... <laughs> oh my god. Can't take you anywhere. No, never. Wait till wait till Adepticon. You're gonna be like, fuck. Do I really want to be on this podcast now? <laughs> They'd be like, I don't know this man. I've never seen this man before in my life. Uh, I'm doing the good old um, water today. Uh, as everybody knows, that I'm trying to get a little bit healthier. Uh, trying to make myself a little bit, you know, live a little bit longer type stuff. So I am doing water. Um, guys, as usual, just like everything else, make sure you look after each other. Make sure you, uh, if you can see something that needs to be talked about, Talk about it. Um, just to let you know that we did have somebody come to us and said, hey, I heard something. Can you take care of it? And we did. Um, took care of the background. No issues. You know, we kept it all, you know, quiet. Wasn't anything we did. Uh, but um, there was something that somebody was upset about. And I was like. You don't always have to be the one responsible for it to be the one to take care of it. Yep. We took care of it. And everything was perfectly fine. Um, so like we says, if you see something, say something, if you hear something, say something, and if you can do something, do something. If you can't find somebody at will, cause we need to look after each other. Uh, these next few years are going to be a pretty trying time for people. I have a feeling. So make sure that you look after each other. Cheers. 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 Hmm. You know what? Um, I, I, I need to make a quick rant. Um, Ew. and it has to do with Rebel Moon. You know, John's favorite. You know, uh -oh. the, the 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 classic, um, cult classic movie that John just raves about. Thinks it's like you know the next Star Wars. Um, rants, <laughs> raves is something else entirely. Rants. Is oh, oh, okay. Um, I guess. Um, everybody know the product Liquid Death. It's oh, like caffeinated yes. water. Yeah, they made a commercial with Rebel Moon. And uh, Liquid Death. And they're on the side of the bad guys with Liquid Death. And it's like... That's after, on point for their branding, though. Yeah, it's like, are you tired? Are, are you glad you're a fascist and like to, you know, curb stomp farmers and all this other stuff? And I was like, yeah, just have Liquid Death after the, you know, your fascist regime takes over a planet. Like, So, um... The Fat Electrician, who is a YouTube channel who does a bunch of military stuff, has a second channel where he talks about just random companies. Mm -hmm. His second episode was about the guys who make Liquid Death and the whole story of that. It was, it was quite interesting, like 15-minute-long video. He did Aldi's this week. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's Honestly, they're both good listeners to it. He goes and finds details. It's, it's interesting, but definitely on brand for Liquid Death. 
Yeah, I was like, like, yeah. The commercial was better than the whole entire movie, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, also, Wait. in gaming news, uh, Guild Ball is back. Oh, I thought you were gonna do the related one. Oh, uh, we'll we uh, get to that one. We should get to that one yeah. first before we get to the Guild Ball. Uh, the Rebel Moon RPG is gone. They have they have refunded all the the uh, distributors who pre ordered it. And settled with Netflix out of court. Yep. Which, Which you sort know. of tells you probably how that went, because it would have had to go in favor for them, or they'd have taken it to uh, further in court. Well, also, they did, um, there was something else. I think uh, Renegade, I think it's Renegade Games that was doing it. They're actually going to do a new sci-fi RPG. <laughs> Sounds probably like we're getting a reskin. the same rules, which yeah. is interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm down with that. That's... Honestly, if you, I and mean, this is probably not anyone who's listening, but if you're making a role-playing game or something like that for a um, IP, having it available to be used outside that IP is important because that keeps you guys going after that IP fades. Because yeah. let's be honest, if it's not one of the handful of big ones, it's going to eventually fade. Oh, yeah. Next, yeah, I remember when they were, like, throwing out um, all the... Oh yeah, uh, Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, Game of Thrones stuff. Like prior to that, it's 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 cyclical. Um, Margaret Weiss Games did like a ton of them. They did the Expanse, Serenity, which I'm pretty sure is all just the reskin of the same game, which is cool. And then back in the what year was that? Probably early 2000s, late 90s. Probably late 90s. I was working at Alliance Games Distribution. There was a ton of just anime role-playing games all based off the same system oh yeah like you want your sailor moon game they got your sailor moon game you know a bunch of them and, and i mean that's cool i mean back in the day they would do that and they they would have usually the best source material you could find in a pre-internet age so you'd be like i want to know about this anime that i love find the game it's got all the deets for you And then the, what were you were talking about next one? Oh, yeah, Guild Ball. Yeah, so for everybody that know, um, they did do a... Uh, Steamforge Games did a... I guess Amiya it was Culpa? a... Culpa? Well, they, they, they released a statement saying they're bringing it back. Uh, and some people are like, cool. All right, cool. Uh, some people are like, um, don't care. I mean, I threw that stuff out a long time ago. Um, so I, I, I'm going to sit back and watch, just see how this goes and we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, Guild Ball wasn't a bad game. Um, and it was small and, you know, had, you know, few models, but it was decent. I mean, it was, you know, soccer, football, you know, however you want to put it with combat. So you just had to figure it out, but it wasn't bad. Um, it, it was decent. I would say it had only one real flaw. And that was the amount of fucking tokens. <laughs> you did have a lot of tokens. <laughs> like, it, for a game of that few people, it, you generally had more tokens than you had in War Machine with, you know, triple the models. Yeah, you you had you had, did have a lot of tokens. Uh, yeah. That's visit, not necessarily bad. It's just one of those things. It's like, hmm. They are going to be doing, you know, reprinting of models. Uh, I know that they did. They're going to do some STLs and stuff. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm just going to sit. We're going to sit and wait. See what's going on. See what's going to happen there, but 
in a bold statement, I hope for the new STLs, they, they actually let people buy the STLs. Yeah. Uh, I had a talk with, uh, you know, nickname pending Frank and, uh, his biggest problem. Well, one of his bigger problems with, uh, private press was that you're paying top tier model prices for 3d printed models when they should just offer the STLs. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, cause I know they really haven't done, I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're all stuck on their IPs of, you know, board games, yeah, of yeah, IPs yeah. and stuff. So and I know that I they're mean, financially, they're keeping not in them in business state. and that's all good. Right. Yeah. So you know, we'll we, have to we, wait and see. We've said this in the past on other, po- on other podcasts, a, you know, healthy, uh, as more healthy gaming companies are out there, the better it is for all of us. Yes. Cause that keeps the competition strong. A rising tide yeah. type mentality. We'll wait and see. Um, but let's go ahead and get to our topic. Um, and I, th- I think I want to start off with the virtual uh, type thing. Um, so this last weekend, I played my vampire RPG. And, of course, this is a modern world version. And we don't use a map. We don't use miniatures. You know, we don't do that. Because there's a lot of role play and a lot of talking and a lot of discussion. And uh, there was, like, no combat this last session. And it got me thinking, you know... When do we need terrain? When do we need miniatures? And why do we do it? And nerd, you know, for the no nerd does on her channel does uh, some virtual tabletop stuff, and so um, I'll let nerd go and get that. Why I switch over to the painting cam? But take uh, it away, nerd. Yeah. So with two D, it's a lot different. I use roll twenty. Um, it it is hard unless you've got a well-drawn map that like actually or like an isometric map you can also use those um, they're harder to use on like 20 because they don't snap to the grid or anything like that but uh, it's it's hard to distinguish height on a 2d map that's my only that that's my biggest critique of 2d maps um but unless you as a dm put a lot of work into building your maps or finding the maps to use and getting everything set up and setting up lighting and all those sort of things you have players that will run all over your map i learned that early on um if you don't like restrict movement or use fog of war or something like that in order to uh like hide different parts of the map so you're talking about people that have adhd just kind of like running all over the place yeah like i have (laughs) players that will just start running all over the map and i'll be like hi i'm still describing the place you just walked into Slow your roll. <laughs> Slow your roll, indeed. But so you, so you find maps very useful for people. I remember you said when we were talking about this that you guys are not not like in a negative sense. You're not as much theater of the mind for maps and stuff. Yeah, um, for maps, like I am going into a major city. I don't have that mapped out in my head, so I found a map that worked for what I wanted and uh, like I have generic uh, 
travel maps like if if there there's a travel encounter i like right now they're in the desert i have a couple of just generic encounter maps be like mm-hmm. this is where you might end up or something like that but um depending on the size of your whether you're doing homebrew or if you're using like a published module like on roll 20 you can get modules that come with all the maps and all the tokens and everything that you need just like buying uh well it unlike buying the uh, physical copy f- f- or a digital copy from like wizards of the coast themselves you can it's still licensed content but it comes with everything that you need to run it digitally um but terrain it it really I am trying to figure out how to find not just flat maps, but ones that actually have like the break line of sight or uh, there is height involved where uh, you've got like a rocky outcropping or something like that or things that people have to get up and over in order to continue progressing the combat or encounter or whatever it may be there's my ramble and uh, (laughs) i'm of two minds i'll start with the the dnd centric one yeah uh dnd very much lends itself to mapping dungeons in particular could you really need maps at least basic maps um i don't find i need as much 3d stuff because honestly most games have levels listed you know a person's x height you know you can easily think like well it's a building a building is one person high at least a little higher so you know that they can't see over that um you can hand wave most of it um but yeah dnd definitely does need it uh you know we did a ton of fourth edition dnd we played a little bit of fifth um but fourth edition dnd very much lends itself to maps and so much that even watsi put maps in most of their pre-made adventures and then put out the dungeon tile stuff which i saw the shit ton of and those are great like yeah. if you can have those are great but my other mind is from the uh the feng shui which i play a ton of school of thought which is the map is not your friend the map is constraint and sometimes you need that but like a city map i would never make a city map i would describe it and if someone needs to get in the weeds of it i'm like dude that's not fucking important It'll take you a couple minutes to walk from here to here. You know, you might drop. I might jot some notes down, like this isn't this part of the city, whatever, and just hand wave it. Take you a little bit of time, like unless they're in an actual time crunch that you recognize, because players are always in a time crunch you don't recognize. Like you, you don't have to hurry, fucker, calm down. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's going like there's going to be street chases and things like that through this map. So, but that's when you actually want to. That's I find those situations where it's even better to hand wave because it mostly doesn't matter. You can either make it some sort of luck type check, like, oh, it is the exact thing you need there, or just go hand wave. Well, yeah, it makes sense that would be there. That's why Feng Shui always said the map's not your friend. As a GM, you can go, it makes sense that X item is there. Like, oh, hey, I'm getting in a fight in someone's house. Do I have a mop so I can, you know, parry swords? So I absolutely pick up that mop and go. You know, you don't have to picture it or anything. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm in someone's house. I'll, 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 flip over their kitchen table and use it as concealment and cover. Absolutely. Um, Senator Boyd says, would you say it depends on your play group 100%? I would not say. Uh-oh. John Freeze? 
Yeah, I was going to say. Sounds like John froze. And maps. You, oh, John, you froze for a minute. Oh. Yeah, I heard. Um, uh, for Xander Vroid's question, like, you, you don't necessarily, like, no group needs it 100% of the time. There yeah. are times when every map can just be hand-waved. You don't, it doesn't matter. You know, if you can close enough quarters or what have you. I mean, I honestly haven't really used a map in years. I I just describe it. We we use some for the for the D and D fifth edition, but that's because the module came with maps, so it's super easy to use. Yeah, I personally use maps a lot more too because I struggle with description. Uh huh. That's one of the things I was learning. It kind of really depends on your group. Um, yeah. I know that some people, you know, or your have, damning style. Yeah. Some people have issues trying to get, you know, the visuals. And so it's easier to do a map or, you know, draw up the battlefield or whatever. But that's... I am going to counter with something based off of other media, since it's also our thing. Things you don't describe, they will fill in themselves. You can say it's a beautiful city with, you know, large spires rising into the sky and they'll get a picture. That's a great basic view of a map you know uh, you know of a city you don't need to tell them the exact details beyond that let their imagination fill it in yeah mostly what i'm talking about is like um more of things that's going to be happening where they want to know the details and i i need to know you know am i 40 feet away 30 feet away and some people have you, a you problem can do, that you yeah, feel like hey but yeah, i'm talking you, about people away, that have a problem away. I have someone in my group that can't visualize that in their head. They need a physical representation but, type but stuff. But you can tell them, hey, you're about this far away. I tell people that all the time. Like, yeah, hey, you're about this far away. They still, they need the visual. I, and that's okay. I, I, I don't have a problem with giving it. giving them the visual, absolutely fine. Yeah. I don't but have a problem with I that either. I feel to an extent, if you don't try and push them, you're doing them a little bit of a disservice by not trying them to get them out of their out of their shell so to speak it's like when you get the person who can't do numbers you know you let them count their dice you don't you don't count it for them you know you can do it twice as fast whatever in whatever game let them do it because you want to encourage them to grow and all the time there's times when you're like there's enough going on i'm gonna get you a map real quick and sometimes the map is the perfect thing but there's a lot of times where if you put a map out you're gonna find yourself hamstrung by what you've drawn on the map you know, do you hand wave and say, oh, yeah, there's a cart there. Cool. If you don't, if you just describe it like, oh, you know, he's running down a busy street. You know, people have an idea what that looks like. And and hopefully, and not everyone does this, someone will need the map to show them. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to run up, uh, try and keep tabs and hide behind this, uh, you know, a cart going by. Cool. A cart going by? Seems like it would be. It's a busy street. You know, unless you have a reason to tell them no. Uh, it's tough. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's really not easy. Yeah. Um, and if you can do a map in a lot of cases, especially the more granule, granular the combat system is. So I would say for a D&D, map plus. Absolutely, map's going to help you. It's it's made for a map. Whereas Depending Blades on... in the Dark, you're less reliant on maps. And I don't know that we ever used maps for Blades exactly. in the Dark. Or Gonzo will know uh, Genesis. Genesis is designed not to have maps. Mm -hmm. 
There's not ranges. How far away is he? He's at, you know, he's either in, in melee or he's short, medium, long, or extreme range. And there are rules for how you how you get closer. And that's one of the parts of that game I really like. You don't have to worry about how far. You, it's a quick thing. You're short from that guy. Cool. Yeah. And to be honest, a lot of it is extra work on the GM's part. And sometimes you just don't need the extra work. It seems funny. The map is work you can do in advance. You can have that ready in advance. Mm -hmm. Fucking winging it is something you have to do on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> and I mental at the like, spot at the time. I have a city map. I only built out X percentage of it because I'm like, yeah. the rest of these are all homes. We're not going to yeah, work. You don't need that. You... Yeah, like I put, I like marked key locations. And, like, threw some tokens down for people they're going to interact with. Yeah. Last night, my, my G.I. Joe guys, uh, we use no maps. They come upon, a, a, you know, a uh, they're in the jungle, but they come across a clearing where they're, the camp's set up, the enemy camp. And they're asking, like, is there a generator? I'm like, you know, I hadn't thought of that. Of course there's a generator. They got power. You know, so they're asking questions. Oh, where is it, that stuff? And you just make that shit up. I might write yeah. little notes, make a, make a brief little thing for myself to keep track of it. You know, I'm like, you know, certain games it's easy for some great things hard, hard for. Um, Hinton said, uh, a couple folks in my current group absolutely need maps, especially when it comes to combat. This is one of, here's my hot take. If a person absolutely needs a map to be in combat, I don't want to give them a map. Because they are focusing too much on the wrong details. I want them to focus on what they're doing in a general sense, not in a specific sense. I don't know. I mean, you know, if I say you're close enough to get in a melee and fight, you're close enough to get in a melee and fight. What, what does it matter how exact close you are? It doesn't. If you want to do something specific, you should be talking to the gym. It's like, I want to run up and do this, this, and this. You promote more thinking outside the box with it. And again, that's not always what you want. Sometimes you don't want players to think outside the box. Sometimes you want them to be going by the rules but i play a lot of games nowadays that are a little more a little less particular about it so i'm just like you know i'm just trying to be vague and get them what they can so but it it's going to be a gm and player almost a discussion beforehand honestly you might not need to if you know your players well enough but you know you might go in like you know if nerds playing with me it's like okay john doesn't need a map i know let's see what everyone else needs tons of alcohol and I mean, that's that's not related to the map, but, you know, I can provide my alcohol. It's okay. But you should know that. It's like, you know, knowing your players. It, it it should almost be on the sheet you're filling out when you're making your game. I don't know if anyone does that else, but uh, either the old, uh, which book is that? Fourth edition of Champions, the big blue book, um, had a campaign sheet in the back where it's like you figure out, this is what you write out to figure out your campaign. It's going to be episodic, serial, all that stuff. That map should be on there. Now, a game like Champions, where they use hexes, you probably should use maps. Because stuff measured in that. But, you know, in the later editions, they switched from hexes because people complained about it. Because it, for some reason, if you make the system super friendly to maps and such, people say it's a miniatures game with role-playing tacked on, and that's fucking stupid. But, hey, you know, people be people. The edition wars are real. <laughs> um, I actually find that 
like a game like, let's say, 4th edition, a little less so 5th edition D&D, sure, they're really friendly with maps. Really hard to use 4th edition without maps, kind of hard to use 5th edition without maps. And is that a fault with the game? Not necessarily. I think when Watsy was at their peak, su supplying a bunch of stuff, you know, like I said, um, or the third parties, like uh, Nerd mentioned, where they're coming with online maps you can put on there. That's great. That takes it out. That's that's a little work you don't have to do. You're going to add that extra visualization. Mm -hmm. Great. But I, I think it's a, it's something you should be talking about. And if you've never done it, if you find the right group, try doing it without a map. Maybe not in D&D. If you're playing something else, like, you know, Nerd said Blades in the Dark, they didn't use a map at all. Yeah. It it helps. You'll picture things. Um, and not everyone's good at that. It's okay. We can't all be good at everything. Yeah. But you, sometimes you have to be pushed out of your comfort zone. You have to push players out of their comfort zone. Um, not too much, because you don't want to make it uncomfortable. You just want to challenge them a tiny bit at a time. Um, but and to the rest of the 3D train, I fucking ever do 3D train for for a role playing game. Like, I ain't got time like that. <laughs> We're not. We can't all be mic phones. Exactly. We, we all can't have 3D printers. printers. We can't all have 3D printers and teams to paint the stuff. Like that stuff's great. Like yeah. honestly, it adds so much to a game. I borrowed two, not even fully made, but mostly made. Uh, ships for a fantasy game. They had squares on them and everything from a buddy. And did it level up the game? Absolutely. Did I need to build a tiny tavern scene for my one shot? Absolutely not. Did I? Hell yeah, I did because it was fun. So the centerpiece is going to get talked about. It's good. I've seen a bunch of those. If you yeah. can, it will help. But don't feel like you have to. If you're no. the GM, you have like... so much work to do already. Everything else are NPCs or or mobs they're going to fight. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And don't but... hesitate to, to, to mix it. Some mm -hmm. stuff can be 2D. That's fine. Like, hell, oh, honestly, yeah. the like, way we use... Most of the map will be, like, all the trees and stuff are going to be 2D. I'm just yeah. going to... Or in a bar fight, let's say a bar fight situation, tables mm -hmm. could be could be three D if you can do it, or something just a little bigger, and mm -hmm. stools and chairs. You could just, I would never make anyone do anything other than just it's you shoulder the chair out of the way, you fucking kick it out of the way as you go. I would make those two D if I wanted. If yeah. you wanted to keep track of them, for I want an improvised weapon of a of a bar stool. Yeah, uh, there are ways you can make it work. Um, I have proficiency with a glass bottle. I crack it over his head, like. I, I was thinking more of the uh, Feng Shui everyday everyday hero who actually gets a bonus for using not an actual weapon. <laughs> to the point where if you keep using the same weapon again, you lose the bonus because like it's not, it's not improvised anymore, son. It's your oh weapon. yeah, I loved improvised weapon. I used to yeah, throw the great. gnome. I had fling ally in Pathfinder back in the day. <laughs> loved that. Time. So <laughs> back in the day, day we're playing. Probably first edition D and I don't think second second edition had to have been out by that point. Probably were playing second edition, and I played uh, an ogre barbarian named Bob, the bodacious ogre barbarian. He had intelligence of four, just enough so he could speak. And in one game, we're playing this cross world thing. The GM just didn't care what you took; he's just having a fun time. The the Kender yelled, ran up to me, and said, "Throw me at him." I'm not First of all, there's a Kender. Yep. Bonus, right? 
Yep, I've played with a Kender before. I played a Gully Dwarf. So I flung the Kender at him. It hit. It did well. That four intelligence started working overtime as I look over at the classic, i.e. short, D&D elf. So I fling him at him, too. He was not <laughs> ready for it. It did not work as well and was slightly upset, but, you know. Yeah, I would eat the gnome. I was a half-dwarf barbarian hurler. It is, you know, fun stuff. I mean, but I don't feel, I feel like if you do 3D training, you're going above and beyond and it's awesome. And a couple pieces yeah. here or there can make a heck of a difference. Maybe you've just got stuff hanging around. I've got pillars and shit from old uh, Lord of the Rings miniature battle game. Sure. Yeah. That stuff can be like, great. And a quick paint job, fucking contrast paints. So easy. Oh my God. Back... Back in the day, we'd have to highlight that shit and then fucking shade it, and it'd be a pain in the ass. But yeah, oh, so, somebody's ringing my doorbell. I'll be back in just a second. But yeah, little things, little 3D things can make a difference. I don't feel like they're necessary in any shape, much as I don't think a map's technically speaking necessary in most games for any reason. But um, it's going to become a lot of personal thoughts. Yeah, on that. I think it really comes down to you and your group. Mm -hmm. When it really comes down to everything, it comes down yeah, to... Yeah, like, you if you've got group. the guy who literally just has that block, you can try for a second every game to push him, but if you see those eyes start to glaze over, like, <laughs> let me get a map for you, dude. Yeah. Maybe you just draw a map for that guy. Here's a basic outline of where things are. You know? I try to describe things pretty easy, like our, our map for G.I. Joe last night. All right, it's got... They've only got three towers up. They're in a triangle. Everything else is sort of in between that. You got some tents around there, then some actual semi-permanent buildings in the center, and the, the, the generator's up there in the middle with everything. You can't really get a good line of sight on it from outside the camp. You know, a couple sentences, I've, I'm sure all of you have a basic idea what that camp looks like. Oh, some tents, some semi-permanent wooden buildings, some towers, cool. You know, add some details. Towers, uh, looks like they've got spotlights that are going slowly from side to side, and then some machine guns up there. Looks like there's three people in each one. Other than that, there's some, you know, standard lights, but not too much. Just enough to keep you from tripping and falling in the camp. At that point, I think everyone's sort of got an idea. You've seen a movie with that, or you, you, you've got an idea what that is. By not putting details in, when someone enters the camp, and he's go, I want to jump behind, a, you know, a, a bunch of crates they have. Cool, there's a bunch of crates there, jump behind them. You take some of that, I don't want to call it nitpicky, but it's almost nitpicky. Some of that stuff where it's like, oh, I can't quite make it to the crates to hide behind. I don't care specifically. I'm going to come forward, make a stealth check, and hide behind some crates. Sure, you stop. You measure your pace more to hide behind your crates. By having some of those details, you take sometimes the competency away from the players. Because your, your players may not know the ins and outs of stealth. But their characters know the ins and outs of stealth. So, you know, not having it, not having all this detail on the map, what I would call potentially unnecessary detail, you know, it's not going to make a big difference one way or the other, but like, sure, there are places to hide. You've got barrels and, and, and crates of whatever that they can hide behind. By not having them on the map, you make it easier for them to do what they want to do. You take some of the unnecessary fiddliness out of it. And that's good, in my opinion. 
I mean, I've rarely seen a game where you, you need to have the entirety of the fiddliness out there. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you may feel like you need that. That may be your style. Your players may be the ultimate power gamers, and if something's there, they're going to use it. If something's not there, they're not going to think to use it. That's fine. That's your group. Slightly crazy, but hey, it is what it is. Sometimes it'd be do like that. Yes. But try that some. Try to, to be uh, as circumspect as you can so someone can... So you, your players feel like they have agency if they go, oh, hey, I want to, you know, do this behind this thing that should be on a street or wherever the thing is. Something appropriate. Just sure, it's there. Jump behind it. Or jump over it or whatever you need. You know? It's... It's sort of like a combination of the rule of cool plus the don't say no assigned difficulty. You know, they might ask for something. I, we we have used in the past uh, luck chits and stuff where part of it was you could make a minor change to the setting. You know, idea would be if you've got a good enough luck chit, like, oh, uh, you know, crap, my gun's out of ammo. I pull the loaded gun they had sitting on the table and hadn't grabbed yet and, and use that. Like, cool, sure, whatever. There's a lot of things in there you can use for helpful. But that's a thing that you and your players kind of have to decide what, I mean, more you, but generally, obviously, all of us are good GMs and we talk with our players about stuff. So we make sure we're all having a good time. What? We're supposed to have a good time? Remember, the only way to win is to have fun. If you all have fun, you have won. Maybe fun is watching the heavily armored G.I. Joe guy with the machete and the hockey mask walk in and scare the fuck out of everybody in his path. And laugh off machine gun fire because he does that. Maybe your fun is watching the super stealthy commando fail every goddamn stealth check he gets a chance to make and get machine gunned way more times than he'd like. Poor stealth guy. Snake Eyes he is not. Snake Eyes he is. Well, his dice hate him. Like... He'll make a stealth check, like, when it's not super important, it'll be, like, super big. Like, ah, yeah, I want a 20 in this and this. Awesome. If there's a chance the enemy can really see him, it's, like, seven. Um, you get to roll lots of dice. Yes. Seven is my total. <laughs> uh, they see you. <laughs> well, sometimes they didn't, actually. My dice weren't exactly always great, but, hey. Sometimes you got to flub, anyway, for a good story. Yeah. I uh, don't. I very rarely, I roll the dice in front of players. They want to lean forward and look, they can lean forward and look. If I don't want it to happen, I just won't roll the dice. If you're going to hand wave, just full on hand wave, don't care. Yeah. You know, sometimes you, you need to like, oh, the, the combat's functionally over, you guys are leaving. I'm not going to make you guys roll, you guys get away. For now. For now. How else we're going to have the exciting second section. But yes, so back to maps. A lot of it is personal between you and your group. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not experienced, if you're a new GM starting, talk with your group, see what they're comfortable with. See what you're comfortable with. The, the end thing is you may not have the time. You may be GM just because you're the only one willing to do it and you don't have a ton of time. 
If so, don't do maps. Because if you ain't got the time to plan, don't waste what little time you have trying to make maps. Do it on the fly while you're there. Give them a basic description and go. But if they're forcing to be GM when you ain't got a lot of time, you know, you, you have to have fun too and you have to not spend a ton of time. And that's sort of where I got to where I am in maps. Yes, ideally, would I love to make all the maps in your universe and like have like all this cool stuff ready? Of course I would. Unfortunately, time is not something I have an excess amount of necessarily. So winging it makes it better on me because that way all the time or as much of time as I can is stuck into game time. Uh, Gonzo just rolls and then yeets a PC into my PC's walls and doesn't repair the damages and then blows up my Haven. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Like so out. in our vampire game, um, one of the players was being very rude to the sheriff of uh, the town. It, you know, we're in Chicago and uh, they lost their frenzy check and picked up one of the player characters and yeeted him across and threw him through a wall. Uh, the player deserved what he got. I mean, that sounds like the second half of fuck around and find out. Yeah, he he, he fucked around and it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't going to be the, the sheriff wasn't going to kill him. He didn't do anything. But, you know, the one of the problems with being vampires is frenzy checks from social, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, yeah, they found out and it got yeeted through the walls. Hey, she didn't tell you the good part of it, though. After the aftermath, the rest of the story, <laughs> I blew up her, her apartment. <laughs> she did say, she How dare you? Haven. Yeah, I blew up her haven. <laughs> How dare you, sir? It was all right, it's for good story reasons, and that's where we ended uh -huh. it. We ended it on, we ended it on the vampires being faced with the fireball of an apartment coming through. So, of course. I need to find a way to challenge, like to have actually Dave have something chance to hit him. Really, he is a fucking monster. Poison. Like literally, he's Jason Voorhees. He's sneaky. He comes out of nowhere with a fucking machete, and then then just fucking. He's actually been pretty good. He actually murdered the one guy he could have. He he hit him with the flat of the blade, backhand with a machete, which I'm sure doesn't feel good. <laughs> Backhanded machete. Wow. <laughs> Second time he's blown up your me or my belongings for story reasons. Well, you know, it's for a good story, Mizzy. I had this look, whole thing planned out. As everybody knows, the way I run look, campaigns, I have a it story. It all comes around, Mizzy. Like, no GM will constantly hit one player without giving them some bonuses here or there. Maybe. Or they're just the one that likes to put themselves in the forefront every time. I mean, yeah, some people just... You, Keep doing it the wrong way. Well, their character is pretty... The character that was causing the problems was pretty snide and being kind of rude to the sheriff and oh. saying a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, um, here's the problem. The problem with vampires is social you know, problems with them and they get insulted. They're going to come at you and you know, they can lose... You know, They're cool and they lose their cool. They get a little upset and uh, you know, they kind of kill you. Hopefully this one was able to check it and was like, you need to know your place, little vampire. And uh, eventually they did. He only threw him a couple of times. 
But it was really good. There was a really good, the one thing I've noticed, uh, and we I played a fantasy game with them, played some other stuff. There has been some really good role play. Uh, and we were talking about this as our, at our RPG session, that combat's nice and fun and everything, um, but this group really thrives on good role play. Mm-hmm. And they only made like a few dice rolls to figure out, you know, certain things, but no, literally, technically there was no actual combat. uh, This game session. No, that's good. So So it's been really good. The vampire has been a very big hit. With this group. I mean, G.I. Joe's been pretty good. We've been enjoying it. Might get a fourth player. We'll see if he decides to fucking show up or not. Um, But if not, we're going to run it until I get the new Turtles game, and then we'll push the Turtles. Likely won't do maps for that either. I actually feel like that game even less wants maps than G.I. Joe does. I I could see that. The whole Palladium games do not lend themselves to maps well at all. One of the big things that set them apart from D&D back in the day when they were basically just a D&D quasi reskin um pretty much this guy's done i gotta finish the base up but nice the reef troll shoots big old cannon got a good color palette I'm going to switch the camera over. I did some 3D printing. So for uh, Relic Blade, um, they have these little, like, objectives for um, uh, brazers. You got to turn them on. So I did a little bit of 3D printing. I got all of John's 3D print done. I just have to now put it together and paint it. And then I got all of Nerd's stuff 3D printed and done, too. Woo! And all cured. So got to send that to you. Excellent. Excellent. I like presents. Excellent. Oscar's like So, other than that, well, that'll be one troll down. <clears throat> Next, I'll probably work on some troops. Maybe this one troll down, but John's still here. Uh... Probably work on this guy next. I mean, do I need to troll? I can troll. One of the troop models. Is it Hellboy? It kind of looks like it when you look at it. (laughs) It kind of looks like Hellboy. It does kind of look like Hellboy. It does. I haven't paid in a couple days because too much action figure work. I've been... Putting the painting off. I do have a uh, two months to paint all my stuff. Because of Adepticon. I don't, I don't have any goals right now. Just paint what I paint. I do want to get done fun. with this Lance of Battletech so I can try out a slight change in my scheme. I got all my stuff for Adepticon. It's not. It's only what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got to pick one to paint for, an, for a trade I'm doing. 
Ho. I don't oh. want to split up my Ninja Turtles. I said cool, jackass. Oh, I thought you said ho. I'm like, hey, we, what are we talking about? Hey, ho, ho hey. Oh, wait, it's copyrighted. <laughs> we weren't in tune enough for them to notice, trust yeah. me. <laughs> That's true, too. Definitely not. Yeah, but don't split, split up your Ninja Turtles. Ninja Tur Brothers need to stay together. Oh, Unless no, I'm not going to split up my Ninja Turtles. Uh, I love I, my Nom Nom Ninja Turtles. I got, I got two groups up here, Ninja Turtles. Different yeah. types, but both cool in their own way. They were originally supposed to be my Christmas present for my brother, but I didn't get them done in time for this for this last year, so they're going to be his present for this coming year. Actually, I wonder how Alf scales with Ninja Turtles. Mm. Questions will be answered later. Now, here is the question, and how much how much would it bug you if they each were a slightly different shade of green? No, so the uh, the mutant mayhem ones are all slightly different shades, shade of green each. Okay, because that's little... what I was thinking of doing with them. Yeah, just to no, play it's... around with colors. It's really cool. If you look at my pictures, the uh, even the little turtles they come with little turtles with them. Mm -hmm. Each of the little turtles is the same color as them, but each one's a little different color. That's it's great. Nice. Like for for mutant mayhem ones, that's absolutely great. I, I like how. Each generation of certain things has different looks, mm -hmm. whether it be like a Batman or a turtle or whatever. It's very cool. Because I do a lot of green skin, and I feel like doing the same green skin four times. Look, I've painted orcs. I feel you. <laughs> Heck, even in Pal World, gave myself green skin. Because <laughs> Goblin. I mean, yeah. Right, um, we can go and get started on. Um, so pretty much what it comes down to on our on our topic of maps, maps and terrain and such. Uh, one, you should always have this conversation before you do your RPG. I know we yeah. concentrated a lot on RPG because honestly, when it comes to miniature gaming, it, it's there. Yeah, it's Free terrain. terrain. Yeah, you need terrain. It, unless you need to stand on it like a trench or something like that, 3D terrain. Yeah. And if you're yeah. doing a forest, do the template, put the trees on the template just for it helps so much with the mind's eye. But yeah. do what you can to make it playable. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it always should be something you discuss with your players whenever you mm -hmm. set up. Uh, and sometimes people, you know, physically cannot visualize unless they see physical. Um, but this is something you discuss before you even get any more into it uh and i believe that some games uh are better with 3d terrain than yeah. others um are, i would are say maps... most min most miniature games do most uh, miniature games could use it but most role-playing games don't need it but it could be helpful in certain cases correct yeah um, like but and yeah. sometimes people like to have also physical representation of their characters yeah well, i mean it's not like John's trying to make action figures of his G.I. Joe group. <laughs> yeah. But if you haven't if you haven't been a part of anything or whatever, John has been doing some really cool action scenes with his uh miniatures, his action figures. Uh and we've been posting he's been posting them on Discord, he's been posting hopefully we'll post more on the More Than Dice because everybody's really digging it. Um hey. and it's some really cool oh. scenes. It's not just like action figure just standing there. It's actual I mean, poses. there's some, but there's some poses. I've got a couple. I got one 
uh, longer grouping of ones. And and when we get the website up and running, you can definitely tune in there. I'll try and get some posts up there. But it's been pretty neat. Um, <laughs> yeah, there has been some stories on there. Um, so let's go ahead and get to the media section. John said he had at least 16 things to talk about. Nerd yep. said 12. I think well, it was like five or six. Re- <laughs> wow. You're lying in all of those cases, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I, I want to talk about one of the things that I was watching. Somebody said this cartoon had a really different take on the Indian of the Apocalypse of the World. And it's a cartoon. It's on Netflix. And it's like Carol and, and the End of the World. So okay. it's a cartoon about... Uh, Everybody knows the world is going to end in about seven months because this giant asteroid, planet, whatever, is going to come down and destroy it. So pretty much everybody knows it. Everybody in the world's getting it. Um, and the cartoon is fucking stupid. The main character wants to go back to work and wants to have normalcy and wants to, you know, just go back to work and just do this while everybody else is partying her. Even her parents are partying going on, you know, wild things and partying and her parents are actually nude 24 seven now, um, type thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's hard to describe one. The animation is, it's just okay. The art is horrible. Um, there's no point to this. The characters, there's no there's really nothing to it. And there's some episodes that are just like, here's a random tangent. Um, I went through all like 10 episodes. They're only, they're only like 25 minutes. And I, I'd been doing it over a brief amount of period. And everybody, somebody said that this was like really, really good. So I'm like, oh, I'll give it a try. And I was like, holy crap. It's a limited series. Hopefully they don't get another season uh, because it wasn't worth it. It was just not good. I was not impressed. The art's not great. Animation's okay, but the art's not good. Um, mm. The characters are boring. You don't give a shit about anybody. You don't care about anything that happens. The, I mean, it's the end of the world, and you want to go back to work? So, as outside looking in, you would be surprised that the world were going to end. Correct. I would want to do that. Because in normalcy, there is... Yes, yeah, there's safety um, and, you know... There's safety. There is your ability to cope. Yes, it's the coping thing, and that's and that's yeah. kind of what they got into it. And, but and it took I could way see too that long. being a quasi interesting, but yeah, it's, you'd have to make it quick and and have to do a good job at it. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. done. It was boring. It was so boring. I actually fast forward through some episodes just because I was like, "What's happening? Oh, not a damn thing is happening in this entire episode." And I was so glad it was done. Uh, it gets uh, three and a half to four space herpes on mine. It's just no. Not going to do it. Not going to do it anymore. Uh, John? Um, let's see. I did watch uh, I did watch one movie this week. I got another movie to talk about from weeks ago that I finally saw. But um, <laughs> randomly saw some clips from something that decided, fuck it, I'm just going to put the movie in. Or more likely go on Disney Plus and watch it. So I watched uh, Tron Legacy again. Oh, man. Okay. With Tron 3 in the works. Even though I hate them putting the three where the O is, it's fucking stupid. Stop doing that, people. That's, that <laughs> doesn't mean what you think it means. Anyways, Toronto Legacy is a fucking great movie. I don't know how it didn't do well in the theaters. And fuck every reviewer who gives it a shitty review. That movie is fucking great. Like, the visuals hold up now like fucking, what, 
15 years later almost. Oh, wow. Oh, it really been. has been that long. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tron Legacy is, uh, let's see here, 2010, so almost 15 <laughs> years. Wow. But the the visuals hold up. The story is solid. It's not the best story in the history of stories, but who cares? It doesn't need to be. It is a good, solid story. They don't do too much with it. It doesn't feel like it's two hours long, but it's two hours long. The fucking soundtrack is Daft Punk. one of the best ever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I put that soundtrack on my list. Um, oh, yeah. It's so good. Not only did I purchase it on you know, CD when it came out, when they released the extended edition with the, all the other tracks that weren't on the CD, I bought that from iTunes directly. So I had the soundtrack twice. No, I do not regret it at all. <laughs> it's just a good movie. Um, I feel like most of the cast does a good job. I mean, obviously, Jeff Bridges did a great job. Michael Sheen is completely out of control when he's on there. Olivia Wilde is good. Even Garrett Hedlund, who doesn't doesn't done a lot, has done a good job. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a good movie from beginning to end. I, I'm I'm gonna give it zero. If there's any flaws, it is the most nitpicky of nitpicky flaws. It it is a worthy sequel, and also yep. funny how the first movie was also didn't do well in the game of cult classic afterwards. Now the other one does, um, and we have. Honestly, that movie partially to thank for the fact that the de-aging that's starting to work better on people is working better on people because they did the whole movie. And let's be honest, if the part doesn't really hold up, that does not really hold up super well. It doesn't look like Jeff Bridges, young Jeff Bridges well enough, but they did the whole movie and just said, fuck it, we're doing it. Yeah. And they learned a lot, and everyone's reaping benefits. Um, if you have never seen it, good lord, Citron, Citron Legacy, there are two good stories in a row. I'm hoping the third one, you know, holds a candle to it. I'm expecting it to do the same sort of thing where it comes out, people are like, ah, and then people are watching, like, this is great. But yeah. <laughs> Zero Space Herpes. It's on Disney Plus. You probably have Disney Plus. You should watch it. Nerd? Uh, I'm going to start with 3,000 Years of Longing, which is a George Miller film uh, about a uh, woman who goes to Turkey. Just it hap- She's a writer, professor. She gets going to, uh, goes to Turkey and ends up unbottling a genie. And he tells her like his entire life story and all the women, the women that he's loved and the mistakes that he's made. It is one of the most visually stunning movies I've seen in a long, long time. And it's beautifully written. It stars Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. Oh, shit. That's a cast. Yeah. Like, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to like it. And then... By the end of it, I was just like, I want to watch it again. Is it streaming? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, it looks I, like it's I saw that into different chunks, so that makes mm-hmm. it a good like while you're eating a meal movie, you watch a chunk, you go when you come back, you watch another chunk. Yeah, you can definitely. That's a question, yeah. It doesn't grab you and you go all in, which sometimes happens with those movies. Yeah, and because you can watch like a story, mm-hmm. pause mm-hmm. it, watch a story, pause it, watch a story, pause it. It'd be okay to do that in this one. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't lose much. And it, 
I didn't feel like it was one of those overly fantastic, like, it was, for a movie about a genie, it felt very grounded. Okay, that's entertainment, but fair. Um, Like, yes, it's fantastical, but the things that he talks about and, like, the interactions between characters, uh, it, it, it hits on a lot of stuff in real life. Whether it's mental health communication things like that it's it's it was i i give it zero like in terms of visuals it's right up there with the fall which i don't know if you've ever heard of that but the, it's probably two of the most visually stunning movies i've ever seen it was it was a pretty good so, one yeah i enjoyed it all right gonzo um, I do want to interrupt before I go into review. I did get a uh, news notice. Um, Dolly Parton is producing a new series, which Ooh. love Dolly. Um, yes. Good, good individual person, almost sainthood type thing with all the good she's trying to do with the world and especially with her money. Uh, mm-hmm. She is producing uh, a reboot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was just talking about Buffy earlier today and about the fact that, like, I never got into the show as a teenager. Neither did I. But I just thought it was kind of hilarious. I saw that. It was like, of all people to reboot Buffy, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. (laughs) Um, So Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I the people that are cheering in the background for that. (laughs) Um, So uh, this week was the start of Masters of the Air. Which is, you know, about the Apple Plus, um, the um, B-52 bombers and everything in World War II. It just started. They've got two episodes out. Um, You know, Bander Brothers was lightning in a bottle type thing in my thing because it was such a great show. Uh, Pacific wasn't that great. It was still good. The Pacific was pretty good. It's just... Goddamn Band of Brothers. Set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they they set the bar with Band of Brothers and haven't been able to reach it. Um I've never even heard of the Pacific. Yeah. It's it wasn't bad, but it was nowhere near Band of Brothers. Uh, we're yeah. only two episodes in. We're still learning the characters. Um it's been okay. It's not great. Uh, but it's just a start. So we'll see how it goes. I'm enjoying it so far. Um there is this kind of weird voiceover thing that happens, and I hope it doesn't continue through the entire series because it might just kind of give me, you know, a little bit. Like this guy's like, they don't give medals to chief crew, but our chief crew, Sergeant So-and-so, you know, is our best chief crew on everything. And then the story, you know, a part of the story is about the chief crew and the crew, ground crew and stuff like that, which is okay because those people, you know, they worked their ass off on planes. Mm-hmm. They had to do a bunch of shit. They, they deserve recognition too. So, but we're going to see uh, special effects wise. Um, fine. No issues. I mean, you, you know, it's modern day, you know, special effects. Um, it, it's still kind of, you know, you look back on it and it's like, uh, yeah, these people couldn't, you know, there's no such thing as like a guided bomb <laughs> type or, you know, guided rockets and stuff like I mean, that. It's like peering through a glass. 80 years ago. Yeah. Peering through a scope and dropping it based on distance and time. And, you know, the navigator going, yeah, we've been flying at what speed for how long? Yes, we should be here. <laughs> I mean, that's yep. how they did it back in the day before yep. GPS. Yeah. So uh, it was, it's, it's good so far. Not No major complaints. Just a little, you know annoying things but nothing that you know 
does anything. I'll give a full rating after the season's over. Um, we get one episode a week. I think it comes on Fridays or With Thursdays. Two to start and then one, to, one yeah, a week. Yeah, and then one okay. a week, which is good because that gets you a little bit more invested when you have two episodes um, and you get to learn about the characters. Um, but so far, I'm up. I'm, I'm in. I'm going to continue watching it. John? Um, well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I hadn't had a chance to talk about it yet. I actually finally watched Inception, which I had not seen. Really? Yes. And? Um, it is good, but it is also overrated as fuck. I think at the time, it was cool. It now? Didn't, it didn't even do anything original from a sci-fi standpoint. Visually stunning. Acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Directing. Yeah. Great. Like, I don't want you to think scene. I'm going to call this anything other than a zero space rupee. But everyone talks about it like it was the fucking second coming, and it's not even <laughs> doing anything originally from a science fiction story standpoint. Yeah. They just did it fucking great. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, absolutely zero. Uh, I loved it. I actually, but I do feel like it is vastly overrated. I think I think this was also a product of the time when it first came out that some people were just not used to this. People didn't I mean, get into it. I mean, it's also a people problem of people riding the particular director's cock. Yeah, I He's enjoyed good. it. I thought He's it was a good not movie. The best director ever. He does good stuff. I would not think twice about watching a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, but he also does stuff that's a little too much. Like the biggest flaw in that movie, to give him one, is that. Only one character. So technically, speaking, none of the characters have any real character development. Accurate. Maybe you could give a give a little bit like Leo kind of does. It's more of him resolving his further thing. Yeah. Um, this is you know again great movie. Would not hesitate to watch it again, but I feel like it's a little overstated how influential or good it was. There's some scenes that were good. Apparently. The hallway fight scene caused uh, another movie. I think it was a probably a, I think it was a X Men movie to change one of their fight scenes because they were about to do the same thing. But great zero space herpes. But again, a little overrated. But I'm usually like that with stuff like that. You know, groundbreaking. I respect groundbreaking, but I don't really know that it was actually groundbreaking. Very, but again, really good. Nerd. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, watched Ghostbusters Afterlife because mm-hmm. I know the next one is coming out. So I wanted to watch the one that's supposedly going to be canon, I th- or is I mean, canon. Afterlife's canon, yeah. Yeah, Afterlife's canon. Um, I I enjoyed it. It mm-hmm. it was a fun throwback to the original without trying to replicate it. Like it was its own original story. I liked the kids in it. Uh, the, the daughter or the, or the younger sister, however you want to call her. Uh, like she, she impressed me in terms of just like the maturity level of, the role they didn't it wasn't just a screaming child <laughs> in a ghostbusters movie yeah. like they were they were interesting i uh there's a little bit of a what i called a star wars moment 
uh, towards the end of the movie where, like, the ghost of Egon comes out. Oh, yeah. And... Which other... is tough because Sarah Graham has passed. Yeah. I, like, that was the only part that I was, I was kind of like, meh. But you kind of had to from what I understand, too. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. I love about the whole Ghostbusters thing is that uh, Ernie Hudson is 100% on board with whatever to try and keep you know do ghostbuster stuff whenever oh, oh yeah. yeah and he's great oh, yeah like he yeah like in the like, first I'm movie he's great because he's like the, next one. the grounding of the series because he's just yeah. a guy yep so i give it i give it half a space rp that's that's on my list to watch i'm hoping it's streaming somewhere i can watch soon uh it is uh let me triple check where because everything I watch is on streaming, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched Tron Legacy on streaming, but I could have just thrown it in the Blu-ray. Fair. All right, Gonzo. Um. So I'm gonna. John uh, watched Reacher last week, and I finished it up this week. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I like comparing the two two seasons. I like Reacher better when he's just by himself you know, doing, you know, cool Reacher shit than the crew. Um, but it wasn't bad. Let me get that straight. Yeah. Reacher I, season two wasn't like bad. I do like the fact that his team gets to throw shit in his face, kind of, though. Yeah, they did get to, like, you know, get to give him shit. He gets some everything. development because of him being a bit of an idiot sometimes. Yeah. Um, it wasn't bad. There was nothing wrong um, type thing. There was anything. I like Reacher better as a single guy going through a town helping people so on and so forth uh which i understand season three is that's what he's going they're going back to that route i, I like the change of pace though yeah because like what's I mean, the problem he, the, the actress who plays neely is great his whole crew is great and i love their interaction it, i thought it was a very good season it's yeah. not quite as good as the first one it's a little less down to earth and a little more action movie at points yeah. but it's not like it's a detriment it's just different correct um, I will say the best line in the entire thing was, why would I fucking care about her? <laughs> in response to uh, the line said, uh, you know, Sarah Connor type thing. And I was like, that oh. was. Oh, you... who the, who's Sarah Connor? Like he, he gets the, uh, the Yankees first baseman reference that Reacher uses, but he doesn't get the Sarah Connor reference. Yeah. And it's fucking. uh What's his name? Who played the T one thousand? Yeah. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. That was the whole thing. Is the guy the, the main bad guy is the guy that played you know the T one thousand, and they hey, made Robert a joke. Yeah. Was like, uh, it's it, like it go, she's she like, booked herself well, under uh, uh, under the name Sarah O'Connor. Does that mean anything to you? He goes, Sarah why the fuck does the name Connor. Sarah O'Connor mean anything to me? <laughs> uh, I really like the cop. I really like what they did yes. at the end. The ending didn't get me teary, but it got me some feels. Yeah. The the cop was really good in this one. I I, I enjoyed they it. it well because yeah. you're not sure. Yeah, I enjoyed like, it. I just liked the the solo Reacher a lot more. Yeah, I agree. The solo Reacher is a lot better. Yeah. Um, Alan Richardson is like the complete package. Like I say this a lot of times, people are like, oh, well, you know, Tom Cruise. No, no, Tom Cruise fucking played it well. And certain things that happens to Reacher makes much more sense if he's Tom Cruise size, not Alan Richardson size. Yeah. <laughs> like the first big. season of Reacher, when like the the four or five drunk punks come to fuck with him, I'm like, 
I understand alcohol makes you stoop, makes you do stupid things, but holy shit, that don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, you know, plus like the the scene in the movie, in the Reaper's Reacher movie, where the guys are, you know, getting him in the bar and they're gonna go beat him up. Like that makes more sense if he's Tom Cruise size, not you know, stands up and he's fucking a giant. People aren't always stupid, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. I like the investigation portions of it. Um, yeah, it was a good season. I mean, yeah. it wasn't bad. John, what you got? Uh, Anything else? Um, absolutely. Um, let's go with the stuff I got all the way through. Um, so I want to talk about a, uh, something I bought. I bought the graphic novel, which is the basically the 40th anniversary of the GI Joe comic uh, silent issue. Oh, okay. Now there's more in it than that. They have a couple other issues. You know, it's like six or seven total uh, issues in there, the first one, and then the silent issue, then a couple others. But the silent issue, they have it they have it standard, the straight reprint. They have it drawn where each page is drawn by a different artist. Hmm. And then they have it just the storyboards for it. So as like a, you know, the silent issue. And like, if you don't know what the G.I. Joe silent issue is, it is fucking a masterpiece. Possibly one of the best comics ever put to print. Because there are, there's no dialogue. Not a shred of dialogue. Nice. No narrator telling you what's going on. Like, there may be, like, a screen showing something. It might have words on the screen, but there's no actual dialogue through it. And it's great. Tells a story. Shows you, especially comic-wise, how you can tell a story visually. And the whole idea is, you know, Scarlet's been captured by Cobra. And Snake Eyes is jumping in to, uh, to save her. It's Snake Eyes. I mean, I'm a Snake Eyes stand, and no one is surprised. <laughs> but it's very good. Um, if you get a chance to ever read that issue, do it. It's just great. If you like comics at all, it is it's a piece of comic history. And, I mean, I give... I mean, if you give it a space for me, I'm going to give it a zero. Well worth the money I paid for it. Um... I don't know. I think it came out actually. It definitely came out last year at least. It was in the local uh, game store. And I was looking for something. I'm like, how can I not buy that? It's the silent issue with Snake Eyes. You know, I had it back in the day. I don't have a copy anymore. But uh, it's good to have it on my shelf now in a graphic novel format. Nerd? Uh, I watched, so last night was stupid comedy night at my house. Uh, so first one we watched was a movie called Self-Reliance. It's got Jake Johnson and, uh, 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 Anna Kendrick. And Jake Johnson from, what was that movie? He was on, he's on the show, uh, what is it? Hold on, what's that movie? It's got the, uh, Flight of the Intruder. Hold on. Maybe Flight of the Navigator. I don't know Flight of the Intruder. It's a military movie. Him and Willem Dafoe. I might have the wrong actor. It might be a different Jake Johnson. Maybe I'm yeah, stupid. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, he's forty-five years old. New girl. He's Probably. also yeah, yeah. Okay, different guy. He's oh, he's he did, the voice uh... of Spider-Man. You did Peter B. Parker. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, he was Peter Parker. Um, so it's it's him and Anna Kendrick, and they are bored out of their minds and decide to. Uh, get involved with some black, dark web 
game where they have to try and survive 30 days while people are trying to kill them. Uh, but if you keep somebody within like arm's reach of you at all times, they can't harm you. So yeah. like he hi like he hires a, a homeless guy to like hang around with him the whole time and <laughs> like it it ends up becoming like a bunch of like sac uh, self actualization, uh, and like self reflection type of stuff. It, it's it's stupid fun, but I wouldn't call it a I wouldn't call it a good movie. Um, I give it. Like one and a half space herpes. I'm thinking of Brad Johnson. My bad. Ah, uh. not the football player. Like I was in, uh, <laughs> but uh, Jake Johnson was in Tag also, which is a movie I've seen tons yes. of clips from, and I've seen part of it without without words because the guy in a flight was watching it next to me. And I really want to see the whole thing because it looks amusing. Tag is a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my list. If not, if nothing else, for Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of clips from it on YouTube, and I'm like, this looks great. Yeah, like, it's people who a take a proper tag comedy in seriously. all the right ways. It's basically a true story, kind of. Yeah, I mean, they just take it kinda. way too seriously. Yeah. All right, Gonzo. Gonzo. Um, so I'm gonna give a warning before I talk about this. Uh, this is a very adult, adult cartoon show, um, like holy crap, some of the stuff they say and do in this, you're like, shit, they got away with it. Sir, uh, I've seen a Doji. You can't scare me. No, no, no. But th- th- for people that don't, you know, that aren't used yeah. to this. Um, so there is a new show on Amazon Prime. It was originally a YouTube skit show, and they did a couple of shows on there. I did not know that this show was a musical. Um, yep. And I was very surprised about it because – this is some good musical shit here, but it yeah, is. Yeah, the pilot's on YouTube. Yeah, it is so fucking adult. I mean, one of the characters is a twink porn star, and there's actually one episode that they do have to give a you know a warning that there's a sexual assault in this, but it's called Has Been Hotel. So, uh, yeah, it, they're, they're, they give it that there's a possibility, but the episode is actually really really good. Um, uh- I'm here to say, and I say this just for my old roommate Cree, that never needs to be a part of a fucking story. Yeah. Um, yeah. This show. If you take is, it out of stories, you won't see it anymore in real life. This thing is super, super good. This show, the artwork is kind of weird. It's a different style and everything, um, but the whole story, pretty much what it is, is Satan's daughter wants to. Um, reform people that went to hell and try okay. to get them to go back into heaven because heaven has this rule where every year heaven comes down and kills a bunch of demons so they don't rise up. Oh, I've seen clips from this. Okay. I've seen, I've seen yeah. some pictures from this. Okay. Yeah. It became really popular on the internet and they gave it a TV series. Um, and it is fucking hilarious. The lines they write for these characters, the things they say, and you're like, oh shit, did they, yep, they just, yep, they went there. Um, and it is, it's great. The music, the songs are outrageously good. Um, the main character uh, does the voice, uh, one, of the, one of the main characters is the voice of Mirabelle from Encanto and sings lines and all this, everything's done 
great. Um, it is very, very adult, and they touch on some. They say some very adult things. Um, but some of the the songs I've already downloaded the soundtrack. I've already got the soundtrack on there because it is so fun. It is so good. It is, and it's a lot of, you know, you know, poppy, you know, very catchy tunes. <laughs> There's a song on there called "Loser" that is amazingly good. I've uh, only watched the first episode so far. I'm waiting for my roommate to get home so we can watch oh, some more. So, so you 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 started watching it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we started yeah. watching it. Happiness and Hell, I think, is the first song. <laughs> Um, it, it's really good. Uh, I was really surprised, very, very happy with it. Uh, I loved every bit of it. Um, but it is not for everybody. There's, it is definitely not. Uh, don't even think about, you know, whatever, but the songs are great. Um, there wasn't anything, um, to me, not an issue with anything, but I enjoyed the shit out of it and can't wait for season two. I think it's like the second largest streaming thing. That has ever happened on Amazon Prime. It, so it broke some records. Um, I enjoyed the hell of it. I can't wait to see. It. I may watch it again just because it was funny as shit. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. I can't wait to hear uh, what a uh, nerd has to say on it. But definitely, um, uh, I give it zero space herpes right now. This is just. Oh, yeah. This has just been if really, really good. I watched the pilot uh, back when it was first came out. I watched uh, the first episode. I, I have a feeling that I'm going to have some uh, similar review. Yeah, you. I think so. you and I are going to go well on this. But it is a very adult-themed and adult voice. Yes, and very voice. explicit. Yes, yeah. Yeah, don't say it, Cox. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of sexual innuendos and funny stuff in it, but perfect for me. I loved it. It was enjoyable. John, I'll hail the radio demon. Oh god, he's my um, favorite. Alistair. I want to talk about the Roadhouse trailer. The what? Roadhouse trailer. I'm going to say this before we get started in there. Wait, Jake. Like... Yeah, there's a new. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rebooting. A reimagining. Let's not yeah. call it a remake. It's a reimagining of Roadhouse. I will tell you okay. this right now. Jake Gyllenhaal is fucking ripped in this. This man, you know that they, he went through some hardcore regiment to get as ripped as he did. And that's kind of the thing I want to touch on. They don't, they need to learn they don't need to do that much. Like, uh, Patrick Tracy wasn't super, he was in shape. Yes. Wait, it's him and Conor McGregor? Mm-hmm. He kind of is the bad guy. Which I don't like Conor McGregor. Okay. I, I will say, I'm happy Jake, to regret the bitch ass. Yeah. But Jake Gyllenhaal in this, he, his physique, holy shit, this dude. And I'm actually like, I like oh, yeah. that it's a reimagining, not a full remake. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you can tell by looking at the trailers, okay, this is not going to be exactly like, you know, a it's remake a, of the original. It's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's not a it's, re. It's a reim. It, it's like the BSG, like Battlestar Galactica. It is a reimagining of the series. It takes the basic idea and then kind of goes in some different, uh, different directions. Yeah. And I think it looks intriguing. I mean, the, so I'm on Twitter more than you guys, probably. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and Action Movie Twitter is upset that it didn't get a uh, theatrical release. To which I'm going to say, fucking Amazon had to come in and save it. Were you expecting a theatrical fucking release? Because <laughs> I'm here yeah. to tell you, that's not what fucking Amazon does. Mm-mm. 
they are really good, exceptionally good at getting value for people who pay for Amazon Prime so that they're like, hey, it's worth it for us to just not even worry about it and keep getting Prime because they keep putting out series and movies and shit. It's, it's good for them. You had to expect that. I also think it looks maybe not like a good release out there, you know? Yeah. I could see it being a good streaming type I could see it also being a decent release, but, you know, they'd have to put a lot of money into advertising it rather than just a trailer here or there. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'll watch it streaming when it comes out. Yep. It, it looks, I like the fact, that, again, like I said, it's not a direct remake. It's a reimagining, and I like that. So, interesting where it goes. Uh, the, the trailer's worth like a watch that. if like you're that. not sure. Uh, nerd, want to finish that real quick with one? Uh, yeah, uh, I will do a speed run on the retirement plan. It's another ridiculous Nicolas Cage movie. It's uh, it's also got Ron Perlman in it. Okay. Right. And Jackie Earl Haley is the bad guy. Love Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. So it's 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 got a solid core cast. Oh, Ernie Hudson shows up in it too. Um, You're practically in at that point. Yeah, uh, you don't really care about any of the characters. You, there's really no like big character development, but it's fun. It's action packed. It's re- it does not take itself seriously. I give it a solid one. It's from the director of nothing you've seen at all. Yep, literally nothing you've seen. <laughs> yep. Holy crap, these are some I get, bad uh, ratings. Uh, you know what? No, no, I'll be honest. It gets two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's fun, but like, it's one of those, you watch it once and you're like, okay, I watched that. Next on my list is, uh, what is that? The unbearable weight of, fa- of, of talent or something like that. The, the... Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The other Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Where he plays himself. I, I need to see the source of the meme. Yes. Yes. I also want to watch Mom and Dad, which is the horror film about parents killing their children. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I it's just like, started it's, that kind of like a horror comedy. Oh. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I don't know. I'm on a Nicolas Cage kick lately. Sure. Uh, did you he's, see that someone a has a mod that, that turns all Baldur's Gate three characters with Nicolas Cage's face? <laughs> Yes, I did see that too. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I saw Cage Zell. Yep. So, well, guys, that is our show. Um, I'm sure we have more uh, media to talk about, but it is it, it is time to shut it down. Um, where actually, I'm going to send you to uh, Diomedes uh, Industries, where he's working on some leather work. He's on like at all times of the day now. He is yeah. just all over the place in terms of he was on this morning. Oh, man's got to make money. So yeah. why not stream it and show leather working? And we love Dio. Uh, yeah. Remember, everybody, exclamation point, ban, space, Dio. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually no ban him, but it does It does bring up a command. <laughs> so. Everybody go in and ban Dio in his own channel. So we're going to uh, we're gonna send you off to him. Um, guys, uh, like I said, be on the lookout. There's going to be some changes coming around to the channel. Nothing bad. Everything's going to be up and up and cool. Um, but like always, 
please take care of yourself physically, mentally, socially, whatever you need to do, make sure you do it. Um, and like I said, if you see something, say something. If you hear something, do something. If you can't do something, that can't do it. Find someone at will because we've got to look out for each other. Um, from More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Nerd. Good night. Good night. Thanks. Yes. Every time.